Well, here we are, number five in a series of six of the Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant... Hello there. ...and Carl Pilkington. All right. Well, Carl, you are officially a published author. Your book came out, The World of Carl Pilkington, and and a copy will go in the British Library. Will it? Well, yeah. they have to take every rubbish. I think it will go in the British Library lavatory, from <laughs> yeah, what I understand. Yeah. It will be in there... <laughs> Uh, with like a collection of like novelty postcards and yeah, maybe exactly. a Viz compendium, but, you know. Yeah, so they have to they take everything. Just think of that. But yeah. is that a rule they set up when when books were more important to people, and now it's kind of like oh, I wish we never said we'd do that. Well, they have to add two miles of shelves every year. Apparently, that's what I mean. Now, surely you know they change a lot of other rules, don't they? They used to allow people having their head cut off, and now they've gone. We shouldn't do that anymore. So we'll sort that. Why don't they just say, only so many books a year make it in there? Ones that are important to the future. But who knows what's important to the future? Well, you know, normally, when I say something that I think's a good point... Uh, yeah, and, but you're always wrong. No, 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 but what I mean is, when I say something that I think, I have got a point there... Yeah, but you're always wrong. But why do they do this? Why do they think they've got to keep everything? Because it's... We're living in a world now where everything is sort of binnable, and you know we, we use stuff uh, for, for what it is. Well, that, that, I no, think I think that's, you could say that. Oh, that's binnable. fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, there was a sort of poetry to it, but I think he stumbled across that. I don't think it was intentional. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I still haven't got over last week him saying foodage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? That the, the world's changed. So why is that rule still hanging around? When well, it's not a rule. I mean, it's not a rule that you know the the country's going to you know live and die by it's just that it is seen as a, a, a repository for knowledge for information and I don't believe any old joke can wander in there and get one of these books I think you have to either be a scholar I think yeah. maybe it's open for a brief window for students but you know you can't you can just wander in there and see your own book Carl you know there are some books published. that uh, they have to turn the page for you in gloves so you the amino acids I hate that with yours, it won't matter. They just go, it's over there, or they throw it to you. No, it's just... Like or they slide, they slide it along the floor. Well, they say, oh, I, I can't give it to you, Carl, because it's propping up this desk. <laughs> yeah. They kick it to you and say, put it in the bog when you're finished with <laughs> yeah. it. It's just that thing of being timed, though. I hate it when people go, oh, have you read this? And then yeah, I can't read it properly because they're thinking I'm taking ages here. Do you know what I mean? So I have to scan read it. And I go, oh, it's good, that. And they go, what do you think? And I go, about what? <laughs> So I hate the fact that someone stood there with gloves on because that isn't normal relaxing sort of reading, is it? <laughs> but it's not. It's not. You don't go in to read the Doomsday Book, let's say, in order to just have a relaxing read. You're going in there to study there it. You know, historically. To say they're professors and scholars and scientists and historians. They don't wander in because it's raining and they go, "What's a good read?" There's not a man wearing white gloves turning the pages of the latest Jackie Collins. <laughs> Do you have heat? Watching your lips move as you read to see if you can turn the next page. I suppose I shouldn't really feel guilty because at the end of the day, right, I mean, people always rave about Shakespeare saying, oh, you know, his Mm. work was good. Mm. But at the same time... He'll probably put that on the book when he brings another one out. He'll put your review on it. Oh, that was good. Carl Pilkington. But... At the same time, you know, like, some people will have a go. I'm ready for for people having a go, like that Wendy did about my little films I made. There's always people... Wendy Robinson? Who, yeah, you know... It's her opinion. For those yeah, of you who didn't hear I'm, last week, she slammed Carl. No, well, you know, each to their own and that. And, uh, you know, if everyone liked the same thing, I don't know what we'd do, right? Sure. Um, you don't know anything. So, so, all I'm saying is, everybody raves about Shakespeare. Mm. When, if you properly looked at what he did, he, he invented a lot of swearing words. 
right? Effing and Jeffing and that. Now, if that if, was one of his. Well, it's Effing and Jeffing and Effing and Jeffing Part Two. <laughs> Did um, he make up a great deal of swear words? I don't know. That did, I'm aware yeah, of this. A lot of them are Shakespeare invented. But all I'm saying is, for some reason, when things are, are brought out years ago, um, people say they're good even though they're not. Is what I mean. But let's let's not mistake the fact that Shakespeare is not. He's not. Uh, people seem to confuse him as though they think he's he wrote these things in order to be read. He wrote them to be performed. They're plays. They're not books in the traditional sense. He didn't bring out the latest book. No, but just just when something's old, it gets a bit more respect. Is what I mean. When I was watching that documentary about the the real Indiana Jones, um, brilliant. They dug out um, some rocks with drawings on, and they were like, "Oh, don't damage them. Don't don't mark the paint." And, and it's like it's rubbish. It was like a stick fella with a yak. <laughs> and now, if that was found now, or if a kid showed me that, I'd go, hey, it's not that good. So what I mean is, because stuff's old, old stuff gets respect. But you're not judging it on its aesthetic merits, you're judging it on its historical importance. I don't because... think that's fair, though, because when that when that fella drew that, it wasn't old. He did it when he was knocking about. No, yes, but, 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 you, but you, you must see the difference between you doing a, a stick man on a wall with a bit of chalk near your local, and... A cave painting that that that, that they date to ten thousand years ago. Yeah. So in ten thousand years' time, when they find my story about the monkey fireman, will it gain more respect then than it is now? No, less. But why is it? Because because people will more and more realise what a buffoon you are. The more research we do, the more of these podcasts we do, no. the more you expose yourself as an empty, egg-headed uh, moron. That's a friend speaking right there, Richard Gervais. <laughs> No, he loves you like a brother. <laughs> I'm just, I just think you've mentioned him before, Steve. This Peeps fella. Yes. Has he done anything else apart from a diary? Because now I've done, now I've done a book and a diary. That means you're better than Peeps. Well, is just, what you're thinking? Well, isn't I'm it? not going to say that until I know. But what else did he do? Well, Peeps wasn't a writer predominantly. I right. believe he was, uh, you know, like a bureaucrat or something. But he kept a diary, which has since become a historical landmark. And what did he say in it? What did he say in it? Well, it's again more because it's both well written and it's also an amazing insight into a social into document a social as well. Document. Yeah, yeah. It's a social document. I of mean, that yours period. is a social document, but it it sort of revolves around uh, having egg and chips in a cafe and seeing a ladybird, which you know. But that's that's today's living. That's well, his just, intent- yes, but his describes the Great Fire of London, which is what it's most. Yeah, it's but best we haven't had for. one of them. If we had one, I'd write it down. I'm only writing what's happening. The ladybird <laughs> happened, right? I wrote it down. He he was just lucky. He was about in London when that happened. So you're a little angered that you've not witnessed one of the great disasters. Um, because the thing is, if they read your diary, they'd think, well, nothing happened that year. Nothing important in the world happened that year. Because your diary doesn't just mention... I mean, OK, yes, it does, it fails to mention any disasters in London because we haven't had any, but it doesn't mention any... It doesn't man- mention any world events. It doesn't men- mention... Wars in Iraq, but it, terrorism, it doesn't mention now. anything. But that's all being wrote about anyway. If you're saying there's a museum that's keeping everything, there's loads of other books for that. Who's looking at the fella whose skulls fell off? What? We see. It's interesting, isn't it? What do you mean the fella whose skulls fell off? Well, that's what happened the other week, so I wrote about what? it. What? A fella's skull has fell off. What do you mean his skull has fell off? It's something to do with circulation. But what do you mean his skull fell well, off? Well, it's in the diary. We but how can a diary. skull fall off? Because it's surrounded by tissue and it's got a brain. How can just his skull, how can it How can it detach itself from all the stuff surrounding it? He but, mislaid all his dreams. But, but, <laughs> but 
But all I'm saying is that's that's not getting a look in. No, because it's not significant or probably true. Good point, Steve. I don't. All right. Know well, let me just. I'll just. On. I'll just consult the diary quickly and find the uh, the moment with the man whose skull fell off. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Looks like the world's fattest man is having an operation to get rid of some of the fat. Yeah. He has to have an iron bed because that's the only thing that can hold his weight. Yeah. There's also a man whose skull has fell out. He's in hospital somewhere. I hate that. It would make me panic. The hospital is busy with people coming in to look at their head. What are you talking about there? That tells us nothing. Right, it's impossible for a skull to fall out. It How are scholars in 10,000 years going to be... What are they going to decipher from that? They can sort of go... There's not enough incident but, 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 detail. But, but, but how did his skull fall out? Circulation problems. But th answer the question. How did his skull fall out? Fall out of what? He was at home, um, and I don't know if he was combing his hair or something, but it, it come off. What <laughs> did? His skull. What do you mean, his skull? Do you know what the skull is? It's a part of the head. Well, it, no, it's the, it's the structure of the head. It's the bone. Do you mean the top of the skull? This is only useful if you have all the salient facts. Then it would be of interest to us. We could, we could. Well, that, I, that, I couldn't take that on. I'm busy. I'm not going to start looking into stuff in depth. Just get the details. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're such an idiot. You are the best, oh, idiot in the world. Well, I don't want to be premature, but that entry is followed by, I injured my toe the other day by dropping the toaster. Instead of letting it hit the floor, I tried to catch it with my foot. <laughs> I didn't think I'd done any harm, but my nail looks like it could fall off. I might show it to the doctor when I get me kidney stones out. We could easily get by without nails on the feet. They are more trouble than there were. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. I think on the days when cavemen without shoes and animals need nails, I don't think we need them now. I honestly... Because you hear about uh, ingrowing toenails... Right, so that's a problem. Um, you've got to cut them. Um, stuff gets under there and gets infected. Get rid of them, you won't have any of that. As long as you wear shoes. No, you'd have unprotected toes and fingers, wouldn't you? I didn't say on the on the fingers, just on the toes. So why why do you need them on the fingers and not the toes? Because you, you, you use your hands to do stuff. I've said about toenail out, it'd be good to have it growing on the head. What? Just having like a sheet of it, just, just like a, a nail on the forehead. <laughs> you wouldn't look weird because we'd all have it. I'm not saying. What are just, you talking about now? I'm just saying we've. I, I don't want to go on about evolution stuff because we've done it all. What but, do you think the skull is for? No, but I mean on the outside, so that when you bang your head, it's a little bit more protection. Like, like people. I mean, you're looking at me like that. Why do you wear a helmet on a bike then? <laughs> because. Because the bike wasn't meant to be invented. We weren't meant to whiz along at 70 miles an hour with evolution. I know, but, you, but because life's changing, like you've said... Let's but you can't, the... you can't go, let's evolve, let's re-evolve. OK, let's assume we've got this nail on our head uh, that's growing out of our forehead. So we look like one big thumb. Yeah. Uh, which, weirdly, Carl kind of... I mean, you can almost imagine it looking at Carl now. You can imagine it'd, a big nail there. Does the nail quite... continue to grow? Do we have to trim the head nail? Uh, yeah, in the same way you get hair cut. Why... Is that preferable in your mind to just wearing a crash helmet in instances where you might have something hit your head? Just because, um, for a start, helmets, you have to carry them around with you. That's one thing that's put me off having a motorbike. Whenever you see someone on a motorbike, it's all like the clothes you've got to wear. And it's like a big upheaval, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, if you have a car, you can get in with your shorts on, your flip-flops on. A motorbike, it's like, 
It's yeah. like you're an astronaut or something. You're only nipping down the road for some milk. Do you know what I mean? So get rid. What I'm saying is get. But rid does of it annoy you having to put shoes on every day and underpants and a, a vest and a, I don't know. No, but once they're jacket. on, I'm not carrying them. They're on me. If I had to then take the shorts off for whatever reason and walk around holding them, I'd go. Oh, I can't be bothered. I don't like holding a bag. I don't mm-hmm. like bags. We carry too much around with us now. I don't like carrying stuff. It's just a, a hassle, isn't it? It's just endless things he doesn't want to do, doesn't like doing, it's like carrying bags. Who the hell has a gripe about carrying bags? Why is that a concern? Because it's it's stuff that's on on you. I love the way that he wouldn't mind having a nail going out of his (laughs) fucking head, but he doesn't want to carry a bag. What's good with it is, everybody's got one of these. But it's it's not going to happen, And the most important thing in your body, apart from the heart, is your brain. So protect that, not the toes. The toes we can get by (laughs) without the toes. But your head's important, isn't it? There's a mm. lot of stuff in your head. Um, and I know all this just after seeing the, the body works thing. I went to see the... Uh, it's a show on where there's a load of, like, dead bodies and that. And uh, you can see how much stuff's in the body. And it's there's loads of stuff. There's nothing in there that you don't need. It's all doing stuff. Everything in your well, body. We've been but telling you that for years. But you reckon they don't need the toenails? Yeah, that's on the outside. I'm saying everything that's on the inside of your body... Right, you don't need the appendix. No, but it, that, doesn't that depend on what what lifestyle you have? Well, it's a it's a hangover of when we uh, probably ate a lot more cellulose, and it's it's yeah. Well, they they might come back. Things are always coming back, aren't they? So if people start eating them again, what about male nipples? Uh, sort of looks all right though, doesn't it? Because the chest is quite plain, so with, with nothing on it, you'd go, oh, what's this? <laughs> It just balances it out. I think it looks all right. I think it works. So leave it. Um, but what were we talking about? But w- wouldn't you rather have um, maybe a little, uh, like a rib cage around the testicles? Because you get a whack in them and it, oh. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it's not an invention, Carl. It's not an invention and we can't do it, but. But would you be able to sit down still? Because that's the good thing with them at the moment is movement. So it sort of works. But don't they say, um, they said something about testicles, about the body works thing. Well, they're on the outside. <laughs> Put yours away, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> You're not one of the exhibits. <laughs> uh, they're on the outside because they have to be a few degrees below body temperature for the, I think, the Satoni cells to. to, to so work. that's that's an odd design that they had to go there because it is a daft, it's a bit of an odd place to have them. Where would you suggest? Dangling from the throat? Um, sort of... I want to redesign you, right? You, you you, can possibly do this now. This is something you can actually do, probably. You could probably have your testicles anywhere. So where would you want them? You've got a giant forehead nail. Yeah. You could have that. It probably wouldn't grow, but we could certainly have that. that I, I just mean, like, because uh, if, if all it's about is temperature, you don't yeah. want to get them too hot. Yeah. Well, they're getting hot down there because you're wearing pants and what have you. Mm. So have them nearer to the outside of the of the body. Well, they are near the outside of the body. No, but we wear pants over them. So you what... wear pants over them because they're they're testicles, and polite society suggests that you don't show your. Yeah, but testicles. that's the odd thing, isn't it? That's what's happened somehow that we've that we've said testicles shouldn't be seen. Well, then just cut a hole, cut a pair of hole in your trousers. If it's only about you know keeping them cool and because they're too hot, why don't you just hang them out your shorts? Because there's too many sort of seats that are shared these days. But what I'm saying is... Well, what are you saying? Where, well, where would, you, would have... you put them? Somewhere like... Um, 
sort of under the ears. So it sort of just looks like lobes. So oh. you would redesign your body to have a pair of testicles hanging from your ears. And when people are sometimes talking, they do sort of mess with their ears and they're always saying check for lumps. More <laughs> handy. <laughs> Does the penis remain where it is at Leave the moment? Leave that where it is. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about you, Rick, but I would love to see, perhaps on the web, you know, it's very easy to put stuff on web pages now, some kind of illustration, could be computer generated, could it be drawn by hand, yeah. of the new model Carl. Bear in mind, people, that he's got some testicles underneath his ears. And a th big thumbnail on his forehead. Big thumbnail on his forehead. Um, talking to Carl, I want to see Carl's head everywhere. It's the roundness that I like, okay? So do a viral campaign. Anyone out there with a picture of Carl, just get it everywhere. Because I want, eventually, everyone to, as they walk past him in the street, to shout, you shaved monkey, or look at that bald head, or look at fucking coconut face coming this way. you got a head like a fucking orange. Went out the other night with the lads. Um, you know, there's a few of us, you know, young, free and single. You Must can... look like the swingers. Oh, it was pretty. It looked like a boy band had gone out. It looked like, really? It looked like you know, NSYNC had hit oh, the streets. Right, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. We'd all we dressed up, talked up, out for a few drinks. A friend of mine said, "Let's go to a club." Right, I've been to a nightclub for a long time. Actually, I haven't been. Is that because your glasses steam up when you walk in out of the cold? That is a problem in the winter. I genuinely, it's not. It's very difficult to make a good impression when you, as you walk in, your glasses steam up straight away, and you know you you got to take them off and clean them and stuff. <laughs> And then, you know, you get a bit... Dirty. On your wife runs, you pull yeah. your wife runs up through yeah. the jeans, yeah. clean them on that. Or the back of a girl's dress. <laughs> but um, we cruised down to the club. It's one of those big sort of super clubs, London super clubs. Never been in one of those, the Ministry or any of those things. So it was all new. And uh, it's a bit of a queue. And I think it's a bit of a chore. But we're queuing up. We're in good spirits. We're looking at it. It sounds pretty funky. We can hear the music coming out. You know, been in the queue for quite a while, 20, 25 minutes. Forget it. 25 minutes. Well, yeah. We were pretty excited by this point. The doorman says, uh, hello, lads. He said, yeah, we're coming, please. He went, no, you're not. Went, really? What? He said, we're not, you're not coming in. And he just immediately lifted the little rope and sent us away from the queue, right? And we were slightly perplexed. We were, we were dumbfounded. We didn't know what to do. We, we, it was like this, it, this it couldn't be happening. It didn't make sense. We just que queued up what was going on. And so um, my friend said, well, we've got to find out why he's not going to let us in. So he goes yeah. back over. I thought you wanted to do. You wanted to tie him up with logic. That'll show a bouncer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Show him how educated you are and how you can win an argument and make him look stupid. You'll be in that club in no time. <laughs> That's what they appreciate. <laughs> they love that. Because what they respect is being made to look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we went over and... Uh... <laughs> they really look up to intellectuals. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so one of our mates goes over and he says, uh, why didn't you let us in? And he went, because you didn't have any girls with you. Now, <laughs> now, I'll tell you this, that's kicking you when you're down. Because when you're out on a Saturday night trying to get into a club to meet women, and the reason you're not allowed to go in a club to meet women is because you haven't got any women with you, that's just salt in the wound. It's so humiliating. So um, a friend of mine says that there's a VIP entrance over there. And it was like a woman with a clipboard, you know, the guest list. Uh, separate entrance. She said, you know, you've got a little bit of profile, Steve. Why don't we try and use your... You ran and got your Golden Globe in your Emmy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I always uh, I always carry, uh, you know, some of my cuttings with me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
and so and I felt a bit self-conscious about it. I was thinking I'm not into this you know it's a bit awkward but he said look don't worry you just stand here just stand here just like you're having a conversation I'll go over I'll say I'll point him out I'll go oh, there's you know, Steve Merchant over there at the office or oh god Steve so I thought well you know well the thing is we were out and I was I was a bit frustrated and I thought you know uh, we may as well try everything so um, so I stand there if my friend goes over and he has a word and he comes back and he says uh, it's fine She's, she can't let us in the VIP entrance because she's not allowed. But what she can do is walk us to the front of the queue, right? You can walk in front of the queue and explain. So I'm like, okay, fine. Oh, God. So oh, the guy uh, the guy takes me and my mates, right, this girl. She takes us. She, we walk past everyone else, right, to the front of the queue, right? She goes up to the guy. She says, uh, this is Steve Merchant, office. The guy goes, I know he is. We're not letting him in. <laughs> Oh God! By now, of course, some people have recognised me, so they're having, trying to have my photo taken. So there's people inside the uh, line that's being allowed in the club. I've got to lean across the rope to have my photo taken with them, even though I'm not allowed in the club. So they go, oh, all right, this is Steve. They're having the photos taken, right? Camera phones and that. They're going into the club where the music, the party's kicking off. I'm outside waiting for the next chump who wants to have his photo taken. I mean, it was <laughs> mental. So, um... That's unbelievable. I was furious. And then one guy, I remember he was, he was chatting, and he, he goes, oh, yeah, brilliant, I love the podcast and all that stuff. I love Carl, is Carl with you? I said, oh, Carl's not out here. And his girlfriend, who, his girlfriend was with me, she went, who's that? And he went, oh, he's just same motion, he does the office, he does the sort of thing. And she went, who, who cares? Who are you, Bruce Forsyth? And it's that thing when suddenly I'm being humiliated and embarrassed <laughs> by someone's girlfriend. I never asked for that. I never asked for her opinion on me. I'm sorry if I don't impress you, if I'm not sufficiently famous for you, but it's not my fault. It's your boyfriend who brought it up. It was like I'd gone over to her and tried to show off, and she was annoyed. I was, so by now, I was just furious. Oh, so God. I thought, forget this. Well, I was walking down the street, and there's a, a group of uh, um, builders, um sitting down having a cup of tea one of them goes alright Rick I went alright mate the other one went not as fat as on telly <laughs> I went oh thanks not as fat as on telly so he went with well you are fat but you look even fatter on telly he didn't say oh god you don't look fat at all or oh you look you, you, you look you look big on telly but you don't look fat. just went with not as fat as on telly but and there's nothing I could say but cheers mate now when you said cheers mate cause you, did you say that because you were because I'd say cheers, mate, because I'd be a little bit scared of them. No, I'd be worried like, about like sarcasm, and you know, I laughed or after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you can get away with sarcasm I'm, with working class blokes. I'm I a little could, bit more secure with a working class male no, than you, aren't I? I'm terrified of them. I feel like they're going to turn on me at any minute. You don't feel confident, sort of backing in a lorry driver. Terrified. All oh, right. Because okay. if I did, he'd le he'd probably lean out and just go, "Go and get your dad, mate." Yeah, not you. Fuck off. I'm not interested. Not you. Yeah. So, um, so the final stab is this guy says, uh, "There's a party I know of going on, right?" Oh, so we go down to this party, right? As we're getting there, as we're about to go in, he goes, "Now you know it's a singles party." I thought, "Oh, what?" He says, "You know it's a singles party." Oh God! So I go in this party. It's right. It's all single people, right? Now theoretically, that should be brilliant, right? If you're a singleton yourself, it's the worst kind of party to go to because when you normally go to a party, right, and you're chatting to a girl and she says, um, "Oh, I got to go and get a drink or whatever." You think, "Oh, she's probably got a boyfriend or whatever or she, you know, she's with mates." That's fair enough. But when you're at a singles party and a woman says, "I'm just going to go and get a drink." And then you just see her leaving. <laughs> you you realize it's not cuz she's got a boyfriend or whatever. It's just cuz she doesn't want to talk to you. 
<laughs> you can't even kid yourself. You can't even pretend. Oh, and you, you suddenly sense everyone judging everyone else. So you see a girl and she'll like look at you, look at you up and down, and then ignore you and walk on. And it's just, it's like a massive slap in the face. It's like girls coming up to you and going, not interested. Just by being there, they don't have to say anything and they're rejecting you. And so, um, so trying to, anyway, my friend, one of my friends has been reading this book, The Game, right, by this guy called Neil Strauss, which is sweeping a certain part of the population because it is one of those books written on how to meet women and seduce women, right? And there's this guy called Neil Strauss who infiltrated a sort of secret organisation in America of blokes who've got all these various seducing techniques, right? And one of the techniques which we've been discussing is something called negging, where if you see a very attractive woman, the theory is that she's getting asked out all the time by blokes, right? They're always coming up and saying, oh, you're really beautiful, can I buy you a drink? And that what you have to do to set yourself away from the pack is to sort of not be so obviously complimentary. So you come up and you almost sort of pay her a backhanded compliment, or you almost neg, as they say, say something slightly negative. So what you might say is you might go up to her and say, oh, I like your shoes. I've seen another girl wearing them in the club, right? And the theory is that she's sort of, oh, and it, she's a bit taken aback, she's a bit sort of thrown off, and then, of course, you start complimenting complimenting her and you start building her back up again it's very elaborate mind games i'm not saying it's a good idea but we've been talking about the neg and i was chatting to a girl and i was a little bit drunk and i wasn't thinking it through and i thought about the neg because it wasn't going very well but but i don't think you should say to a girl i think your ears are a bit too big for your head because i you know what i mean it's like you can't come back from that and it's there's nowhere else to go because that really is just an insult. <laughs> oh, he's only gone and written it down. The little fucking car! I'm going to That jingle, of course, signifying yet another reading from Carl Pilkington's diary. As always, packed with rich insight into the man's mind. Had a late night last night because I stayed up to watch a programme about monkeys. <laughs> it's already good. <laughs> of course it is. It's already good. Now, before I read on, I mean, is this not some kind of monkey news? Is this not a late return to monkey news? Uh, well, it's not. It's not that good. Is it not? Whereas the other monkey news is... Oh, chimpanzee, that's some more shit! This is what he says. This is what he gleaned from the programme about monkeys. It sat on a bridge and wanted stuff off people to walk over the bridge. What? So it was acting as some kind of toll... Booth, this is it? ridiculous. No, it was a bridge in, in, like, the jungle. Oh, shut the fuck up. And it's a monkey that sat on a bridge, and um, a lot of tourists go through the area. No, it's to, a monkey to look at them. who realised that, that if he sits there, it gets stuff because it looked like it's a cute little chimp begging. No, but every time. Yeah, because you give a monkey, you give it. Oh, I'm as bad as him now. If you give a chimpanzee uh, a banana uh, and he starts realising that humans have things to give, yeah, but it's all squirrels sorts learn of stuff. that. If you don't go, oh, you wouldn't say, oh, went to the park. The squirrels waiting at the gate. You have to give them a toll to go in. They don't. They're going to give them nuts. They come up to you every time. You, you fucking idiot. Went to bed after watching it and fell asleep thinking about it on the bridge right now. It's a bit bad, really, because the monkey should work harder for its food. It made me remember the slug I saw yesterday that was eating bird poo. <laughs> Nobody would ever help a slug with food like they do with ducks and monkeys. A slug's life is pretty bad. The only time they come out of their den is when it's raining. Den. So, so even their days out are depressing. It is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. It is like, it's a horrible thing to be, in it? 
<laughs> a slug. <laughs> Let him talk about what is it like to be a slug. No, just because like the monkey, even though it's been quite aggressive, everyone was like, "Oh, give it some water." And it was it was well like kitted out. It had like you know chocolate bars, bottled water, some like you know fizzy stuff, and all that. An iPod. It was listening to monkey news. It could have had one if it wanted one. It was getting away with murder on that bridge, and that's just because it was furry. Yeah, if that was like a blob, like a slug. There's no way people would be that friendly towards it. And it just annoys me how you get this pecking order for, like, no matter what creature you are, favouritism. And that slug was only eating that bird poo because it wasn't being offered stuff. If it was offered toffees or whatever. Well, it's just sad, isn't it? It's, it's come to that. That's where its life has come to. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as mollusk like down it's... on its fucking yeah, lap. It didn't live in a big country house no, and its wife left it, the kids what, went, it started hitting the bottle. And I kind of thought, and look, they do only come out in the rain and it's depressing and it'll probably get killed in a bit. And that was its last meal. I just... Last <laughs> meal? But it wouldn't prefer steak and chips, Carl. It no, doesn't have. It must like a leaf or a. You know, at the end of the day, it's an insect. They love it. It's a leaf. not an insect! Well, it's part of that gang. It's part of that. <laughs> no, it's part it's of that. They hang out together. They it's hang out not. together. No, Why do you think it's part of that because gang? Because it, it knocks about in the woods in the same place as a spider does. But all I'm, uh, what I'm saying is, they, they're eating boring stuff because that is what's. It's in not their boring area. stuff to them. They're not. I have no opinion of it at all. They take in sustenance. No, but where you are is what you eat. When I'm in London, I'll have beans on toast for lunch. On holiday, what? Tapas, go on, I'll have a bit. <laughs> so it's whatever you eat, what's in that area. Suzanne went off to work and I went to the shop to buy some envelopes. The shop was empty, but the fellow behind the counter was on the phone and just kept talking, even though he could see I was waiting. I started to count backwards from 20. <laughs> when I got to six, he hung up and served me. I won't use the shop again. Question, why count backwards from 20? So he's thinking, what's going to happen at one? If I start counting from one, he's going, well, let him carry on. What, out loud? So not not really loud, but like, uh, more of a mouth action, so he could see who was doing it. Do you know like Sorry, that? you you just started miming, counting backwards to a man in a shop? He's on the phone. The yes. shop is empty. Yes. I thought he'd like me custom. He could have served me and stay on the phone. Even though I don't like that, at least he's still doing what, what you know, he needs to do. I'd have said, sorry, can I just get these, please? Yeah. Well, I stood there and I thought, it's annoying me now, my kidney's aching and I started to get a bit of a sweat on. So I thought, right, I'm going to give him 20 seconds and if he hasn't got off the phone, I'm leaving. And when I got to, when I got to about six, he served me. What's wrong with that? Again, you are giving yourself, one of the strangest people. It's just giving yourself a, a thing. I could have been stood there for free. ages. He's one of the strangest people who's free to walk yeah. it's the about, streets. No, I set myself a little target and I thought, I don't want to waste another 30 seconds in here. I'll give him 20. It worked. He served me at six. But it didn't work. Yeah, but did he do it because you were doing that or did he finish his phone call? I don't know. I was busy counting. <laughs> <laughs> Looked at what's been going on in the world. There was a human head attached to a seagull's body in a jar. Is that all it says? This is the sort of weird stuff that goes on behind surgery doors. I doubt it ever flew because the head would have been too heavy. Well, of course it wasn't. It didn't happen. It wasn't live. No, but they try this stuff, don't they? That's like that program I watched with a, a well, monkey's Who head has ever tried to put a human head on a seagull's body? They've done loads of stuff like that. It's part of us moving on, isn't it? It's what are you talking about? I'm not going to get into arguing about well, science you're wrong. because it's all Don't behind talk closed shit. doors. How do you think we can change a, a a heart now from another body? You have to try things out. It's trial and error. 
all sorts of weird stuff goes on in hospitals, but we let it happen because it's to help us out in the long run, isn't it? But what what are they aiming towards when they're going to find out if you can put a head on a seagull's body? What is that? What 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 are they want to learn, and what do they? How do they want to apply that knowledge? A new heart it is obviously for a reason. It saves a life. Yeah, what is this to, to save money on transport? Instead of getting a bus pass, you go. Can you can I put my head on a seagull's body? I go. Well, it won't work. We'll try it. <laughs> yeah, but it is, there is odd things like that. Like, uh, I saw a fish the other day, right? right. And uh, honestly, it's the weirdest thing. It was just like a blob with a face. <laughs> now, I would never have said, yeah, let that swim about. I'd have killed it from day dot. I would have gone, get rid of that. <laughs> oh, God! Under what circumstances would you have killed that from day dot? Oh, wh- I'm just saying, looking at it, I'd say that does not work. And it looked sad. It looked like it didn't want to be about. Have you got her number? <laughs> Well, that's it for another week. Um, the end of uh, episode five. One more to go in this series of six of the Ricky Gervais show. Um, we'd love you to uh, buy Carl's book because because uh, it is genuinely, it is genuinely interesting and funny as a, as a you know, just as a social experiment to see that uh, you know it proves Carl's theory wrong that a monkey can write a book. Um, so uh, it's bye from me, Ricky Gervais. Goodbye from Steve Merchant. Goodbye. And goodbye from the little shaven monkey that is Carl Pilkington. 